We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 102. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this, uh, we'll call it Friday morning, as, as the intros kind of become similar. The days have run together here, Dave. Another emergency midnight podcast because the Pittsburgh Steelers news does not stop. And my biggest question, though, off the top is how's the bracket looking over there for you, Dave? March Madness. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. Uh, it's <laughs> something I'm not. Look, I don't follow college. But I mean, I'll watch a, a little bit of a game here. And I've said several times over the years that uh, – uh, getting my butt kicked by the man uh, when I lived in Savannah, but gambling on basketball kind of uh, soured me a little bit. But uh, I filled filled one out like everybody else. I, I don't I don't think I'm doing too well in the Steelers Depot pool. How about you? Not much better. All I got to say is Northern Kentucky better chill right now. They are playing <laughs> Houston pretty tight here in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been a couple of wild. I, I've watched the, yeah, you know, I haven't been able to sit and watch them all here, but I've watched, yeah, I flip over to the endings of most of them here uh, today. But uh, man, what a difference 24 hours can make, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh really overhauling that inside linebacker room. So let's start there with the uh, roster additions and the roster deletions. And Dave, you just spoken about yesterday. Maybe one of those deletions could be coming as a signing comes in. And that's what happened. Pittsburgh signing former Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots linebacker Alandon Roberts to a two-year deal. Don't know exact money on that right now. And basically in the same breath, releasing Miles Jack. So that's going to save Quite a bit of cap space there. Jack signing a two-year, $16 million deal last offseason after getting released by the Jaguars. Um, you know, struggled through the back half of 2022, was not healthy, really couldn't run uh, the entire back half of the year with groin and knee-type injuries. And so he's out, and Roberts is in. Yeah, $8 million in cap savings on Miles Jack prior to uh, uh, you know roster uh, displacement there. So uh, big big cut, big, big savings, uh, there. And yeah, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Robinson is going to have some introductions to do, you know, to, to, to meet some of these guys, uh, because they have really overhauled, uh, the second level of that defense now. And, uh, you know, you can't look kudos to kudos to Omar Khan for just not you know, to, for, for, for moving on from a mess and just not trying uh, to live with it because the big stat that's obviously been out there since last season ended is no splash plays by any of these inside linebackers, right? You know, no, mm -hmm. no forced fumbles, no interceptions, no fumble recoveries, a uh, very low amount of tackles for loss, uh, you know, got gashed in certain occasions against the run, uh, didn't cover all that great. And, uh, now instead of just, you know, trying to, 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 to squeeze another year out of miles, Jack, and maybe get yourself to, to, to a future guy that you might draft this year, they went ahead and just revamped that whole room there. So, uh, that's what they've done. And, 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 uh, uh, Landon Roberts obviously been around the league for a little bit there. Uh, we'll talk about him more, a little bit here in depth, but, uh, yeah, a whole whole different, uh, you know, it's going to look a lot different there at the second level of the Steelers' defense this year. And really, it's no big surprise given the struggles of that group last year and just the fact that I know he was an internal promotion, but still a first-time full-off-season GM, and along with Andy Weidel being, you know, new to the organization um, in this capacity as assistant GM. And so it's their first off-season to start building and shaping this roster in their vision. And with that comes a lot of turnover and a fair amount of change. And you kind of felt that experience. So it kind of feels like a pretty hectic and busy off season because it is for the Steelers, but I don't think that's unexpected given the 
newness of some members of that regime in Khan and Weidel. So, yeah, it's just um, it, it, it's a big turnover for sure. I mean, last year your room was Spillane and Jack and, and Bush and then Robinson at the end. And this year in 23, it's going to be Holcomb and Roberts and Robinson and probably a rookie thrown into there. So a lot of turnover for sure. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you want to start with just Jack and just kind of what happened there that caused the release? Or do you want to focus on what this team is getting in Elaine and Roberts? Uh, I mean, we can tackle both. There's not much to the Jack situation, right? I mean, you, you touched on it, uh, you know, groin, uh, knee injuries, salary. Uh, you know, they, they made a decision that that they had seen enough on them and, and you can't rightly blame them. And I think this all goes back to that group as a whole uh, in there as well, too. It, what we just talked about, the lack of splash plays, uh, not very consistent or, you know, not 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 above the line when it comes to the uh, play against the run and, you know, tackles for loss uh, obviously weren't there. Uh, I'll tell you what they have. They, I think it's obvious by looking at the tape on these new guys that they got tired of uh, their, their inside linebackers, uh, uh, you know, other than Robert Spillane uh, coming up and, and taking on blockers and being physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, if there's anything you can say about uh, Holcomb and, uh, and, 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 and uh, Landon Roberts is the fact that those guys will come up and they will attack the line of scrimmage and they will attempt to take on blocks. So uh, there, there, there's, there, you know, they got just as sick of watching the tape, you know, as, as we probably did, uh, if not more. So, you know, that, that, that decision has been made. And, you know, once again, you know, kudos to them for not hanging on that extra year. Good thing. They split that contract up on miles Jack too, right. So essentially, mm-hmm. you know, one year, $8 million con- contract for that. And it didn't work out. They gave themselves, uh, an opportunity to, to cut bait with him if they needed to this year. And that's what they did. I think it's undeniable right now that inside linebacker room on paper looks better than it did a year ago, or at least based on the results of a year ago. The question is to me, how much better did it get? Is it kind of around the margins where it's a bit better, but not significantly so, or will we see real improvement in that room? And I kind of, that's where my head is at. And unfortunately, and again, you know, past history is not uh, predictive of the future, but this has kind of been the place where these veteran linebackers go to die, whether you're talking Mark Barron and Schobert and probably Miles Jack at this point. Really, there aren't many NFL careers when these guys exit Pittsburgh. So is this is this room better? Yes, but is this, and this is going to sound a little cynical, I'm not trying to be hypercritical, but just thoughts in my head of, is this kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic uh, as it's you know still sinking? So can you really find that guy or any of these options long-term? I like Holcomb more than Roberts. They have different skill sets. So they're trying to, you know, very broadly kind of have Holcomb be more of the Mac three down linebacker and Roberts more of that traditional buck. But I'm not sure if either of these guys are really going to be like great standout, stable, long-term answers. Uh, what you're saying is they have gone through linebackers like Spinal Tap goes through drummers, right? Uh... I, oh, I get that reference just because I've been on the podcast long enough with you. Yeah. Uh... I I'll answer the question is I don't see how it can be as bad as it was last year. Uh, I agree. It's gotten better. I think it's a better room, we'll right. be a better room Robinson in year two, but how much better is it? 10% better. How much does that really give you then? Uh, time will tell. And, but uh, I, I will say this uh, at least we have, uh, you know, we, we will, uh, we will see guys that will attack the line of scrimmage now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, will we see either one of these, either one of these guys in the pro bowl? Probably not, you know, uh, but they look, you don't need your safeties leading, leading the team in tackles or anything like that. You know, ideally you want your inside linebackers, one of them at least to be up there in that 120 to 100, you know, I guess nowadays with the 17 game, you know, 130, 140 uh, range like that. You also want to see uh, a decent share of the tackles behind uh, the line of scrimmage. And you also want uh, some some splash in there of some sort. Remember a year ago, I thought, uh, you know, Miles Jack was going to probably pick off three passes last year. Well, I was, I was, uh, I overshot by three, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in that. And yeah, he couldn't stay healthy. They need consistency 
more mm-hmm. than anything. Consistency with these guys, at least to start this next season, I think will do wonders for them. But the, in, in the same breath, you've got new guys coming in that have to get used to playing with these other guys. Right. right? You know, some growing pains early, I think with this group. Right. So there might be some growing pains. Now, if they, if they, if if these guys, you know, are are smart and able to pick it up and communicate and, you know, that might've been another instance as well too. How good, how good do those guys communicate in the middle? You know, it's hard to say for sure. I think Spillane did. I'm betting Jack, you know, wasn't the most vocal guy, but a veteran type. I don't know if it was a central issue, but yeah, I think that Roberts and Holcomb will, will pick things up pretty quickly. Right. So, you know, I, I don't want to put a percentage on how much better I, I, you know, from what they've done though, they certainly are expecting it to be better. Uh, uh, but then in the same breath, you can go back to, you know, can it be as bad as it was? Right. Every other offseason, we've said that. Well, Miles Jack, it can't be worse than what it was. And, right. you know, it turns out. But it, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. I mean, just from the show, man, you throw in a couple of splash plays in there and, you know, depending on the game and, and when it happens, you could probably uh, got out of there with another win in there. You know? Sure. No, I get that. L- let's talk about the Elaine and Robert specifically. I'm two games in. You're two games in. I have no idea if we've watched the, the same games or not. But what are your impressions on Robert specifically? I watched the Green Bay game from last year, and I watched the Buffalo Bills game, the uh, late one last year, the the snowball game. Uh, And I wish I wouldn't have watched the Buffalo game because it ended up Buffalo trying to spread them out a lot. And uh, Landon Roberts didn't play as many, you know, as many snaps as he did as he did in the Green Bay game. Uh, The Green Bay game, he was graded the best on and. The Bills game was, you know, supposedly his worst game, but going through that game, although it wasn't as attractive of, as a game for, for Landon Roberts against the Bills there, I think his grade probably got dinged pretty good because there was a hit out of bounds kind of later on in that game on Josh Allen that drew a flag and, you know, penalties obviously play into the into the grade in there. There was a couple of miss, uh, missed tackles, I think, in that game. Uh, that I noted as well too that that he probably got dinged on overall. Uh, here's here's my conclusion from 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 those two games. He's they didn't use him as a three down player. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's number one. He was uh, mostly a first and second down player and off the field in obvious obvious pass situations and two minute two minute you know hurry up and 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 that kind of stuff he was off the field uh he is a an attack down the uh 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 toward the line of scrimmage type of linebacker that's where he excels uh the most he's he's got a a a good c to do and he he uh, he's explosive in in point A to point B when when going downhill. Uh, he can go sideline to sideline and cover some ground. He just doesn't cover it uh, like Holcomb does for sure. Uh, I think w- w- the beauty of having to watch these guys so close together like that is is you've got it fresh on your mind. Uh, yeah. Hol- Holcomb uh, is is a lot better sideline to sideline guy. Uh, with with Roberts, uh, he once again like Holcomb, he'll 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 take on those blockers there. Now he answer me this: Does he? Because I've watched film on him before because we've talked about him before and mm-hmm. uh, uh, thinking that maybe he'd be a target and all like that. He looks a little heavier. Uh, a, a tad bit heavy. I don't know if you, if, 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 if you felt that way with him, but he looks, you know, a little, a little bulkier there, even so he can get swallowed up. Now here's the thing I, you know, I think in Miami's defense, they, they did a little bit better job of keeping him covered up. All right. So yeah, they got big Christian Wilkins in the middle. Right. Right. So there's not so many instances in the two games that I saw of him, you know, really having to constantly take on, those second level guard or tackles and all. Now, a couple of times you had to face a tight end, you know, on the edge or whatnot. And, you know, the bigger ones and the better blockers handled him pretty good on that. Uh, he, he does a good job of, uh, I think of angles and just going, you know, finding creases to, to, to run through when, when he does have to run at an angle and finding the, and locate the ball carrier. Uh, uh, that way, he's just got a knack of of kind of working through trash uh, that way 
without hardly even getting touched a lot of times. So I, I, I was impressed with that. Uh, I think he reads the plays real well. Uh, didn't see a lot of him having to uh, cover like choice routes from backs or anything like that in the two games that I saw. And he you know, was asked asked to you know, play a lot of zone when he was on the field in, in, in past situations. So you don't get a good sense of, you know, how he covers outside of following some backs out of the backfield or something like that. But he's a, he's a two down guy, uh, in, in my opinion, and, and, and probably not a, I mean, we'll, we'll see if he's, you know, a, a starter or not, but, uh, by, by the time the smoke clears and all like that, but, uh, definitely not going to be a guy that's going to be a three down guy for you. Uh, I would hope that, you know, he's, he's still willing to play some special teams at his age. I would think he probably would be asked to do that depending on kind of how this shakes out overall, but, uh, no doubt about it. Miami definitely used him as a two down back. To me, and just a very short summary of my thoughts on a Landon Roberts and I've watched the bills wildcard game in the Ravens game. I wanted to see again, kind of the pass heavy offenses. Wait, which one, which run. ones did you watch? Uh, Bill's wild card game in okay. Baltimore in week two to see run heavy offense versus like spread them out, you know, Josh facing him, Josh Allen type of offense just to see the difference. But short summary on Atlanta Roberts, he's Mark Robinson with a couple of snaps under his belt. Like they're pretty similar dudes overall in skill set. I think Robinson is probably more of a hitter, a bit more junkyard dog kind of angry to him, but they're basically the same guy. Their sizes are almost identical. Robinson's 5'11 and a half, 230. Roberts is uh, 5'11 and 3'8", 234 coming out. Now, he's probably added some weight. That's an unreliable number, but their build and their style is pretty similar. But I'm with you basically with everything you said. Um, he was used in a two-down capacity, obvious pass, 35-plus, end a half, end a game, taken off the field. Uh, he's you know got a quick trigger. He wants to fail. He wants to attack, wants to be aggressive. He can get washed, though, against Baltimore especially, getting pushed around pretty good by their big people, Ricard, that big offensive line that they have. So. That's a concern there. I think they just a, 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 this was meant to compliment Holcomb supposed to be the more athletic sideline to sideline run and chase kind of guy can cover a bit better three down type. Uh, Roberts is not going to be that kind of guy. It feels a little redundant though with Robinson, but I suppose you want to let everybody compete and you're not quite sure how Robinson's going to you know project in year two. So um, to me, it's a pretty similar skill set overall. It was you know the tape was decent, but um, nothing that I felt you know crazy about. Right. Right. I, I, I would agree on that. I mean, it is nice to see these guys attacking, right? Uh, going forward yeah. and, and taking on these blocks at least. Yeah. And he had some splash. I mean, he had 10 tackles for a loss last year. And I had the stat of he had more tackles for loss than Robert Splain, Devin Bush and Miles Jack combined. And, you know, some of that's maybe a bit of the system and maybe some of those big guys in the middle. Um, but I think Roberts does play downhill and, and wants to attack and take some decent angles overall. He can fall off some tackles because he's, pretty you know narrow the shoulders are kind of narrow the wingspan isn't that great but um overall he's a guy that you know wants to hit you wants to be aggressive wants to be downhill uh for the amount of snaps that he played last year uh let's see 45 in the wild card game so subtract that from 721 uh he had a career high in uh tackles total tackles so you know, for, for, for the amount of snaps that he played, he was near the ball quite a bit. Yeah. Um, again, those rundown kind of situations, he, he made some plays for sure. Uh, he had four and a half sacks, and I think it was kind of more, you know, effort, extend the play. Uh, but he shot some A-gaps. They were a bit more aggressive in Miami. So, you know, that maybe you'll see a bit more of that. I know Holcomb's got a couple of good pass rushers under his belt, and you had that one clip of him blowing up that linebacker. So maybe kind of have some more of those uh, green dog blitzes in Pittsburgh next year that they've kind of gotten away from in recent seasons. So I think there'll be a bit more splash overall, but Roberts again is that, you know, the, the line is blurred between Buck and Mac. I don't really refer to them too right. often, but just to kind of give an idea, Roberts is that Buck, you know, run strong side type linebacker Holcomb is a bit more of that Mac weak side. He's going to play the pass a bit better. Well, this definitely does not prevent this team from addressing the position in the draft. Assuming we'll, we'll see what else is. I mean, they, they, who knows? They might not be done. But uh, uh, if it stands as is, uh, you could certainly see them drafting an inside linebacker, right? Well, if they draft, if they if they sign a third veteran inside linebacker, I'm I'm walking out. <laughs> so we got two. 
Let's go draft somebody. You got Robinson as well. Yeah, it doesn't prevent them. I don't know if they will focus kind of more on a cover guy because they kind of have, I mean, you know, Roberts is downhill. Uh, Robinson is downhill. Holcomb is a bit more well-rounded, but not an uber great cover guy. And again, it's hard to find those types. But do you try to draft a really kind of high-end coverage guy like a, a Henley from Washington State? Does it put you there? Are you just kind of looking at the best player available? We'll have to see. Uh, but certainly they probably will still give Aaron Courier a rookie to play around with. Now, what does this mean uh, for what does it mean? <laughs> what does this mean in relation to the skill set of uh, uh, the Iowa kid? Of Jack Campbell? I mean, yeah. I, I've watched, you know, a fair amount of Campbell. I think he's a really well-rounded guy. I mean, he's not going to, you know, jump off the the tape in terms of the athletic tools. He tested really well, but he's a heavier guy and he might not run like a, you know, Devin White did or, you know, Trenton Simpson to, to talk about the, the, the peers in his class. But I think Campbell's a really heady guy that to me, my thought is. You it's know, a little redundant, though. Uh, redundant to, to who? Holcomb? I mean, uh, you know, because it. it uh... Uh, Campbell's uh, got some a little bit of I mean, age on him as well, too, right? I mean, he's an older guy. He was like a five-year guy at Iowa, but, you know, I mean, he's younger than than Holcomb and certainly. How, how do you feel Roberts. about his cover skills? I think they're pretty good. I think they're under underrated. I think his okay. ability to to read go. I was uh, one of the, the guys that I really respect uh, cover one They They cover the bills um, and he's got a bunch of clips. He was tweeting tonight about him, you know, Campbell's processing. I think we get so caught up and I think it's, it's proof of, of Devin Bush and Devin White, the failures of those guys that just cause you run four, four, five or whatever, doesn't make you a good cover right. linebacker. You know, just make means you run four, four, five, like coverage is so much more nuanced. It's getting, you know, it's about tendencies and whereabouts breaks and route combinations and, nuance and technique like Devin Bush was technically a bad coverage guy. He would always get bumped off of routes and trying to you know invite too much contact. So to me, just, just cause you run fast, you're a good athlete. does not mean you're a coverage guy. They're really different things. So I think his coverage is good because he can read diagnose and um, he's a really smart player. And, and he's a, he's not a bad athlete. I think he's right. pretty fluid in the, in the testing. He had the combine shows that. Right. And, uh, but you know, once again, we, you know, from where they sit right now, assuming they don't add to that room, you know, it, it, it still doesn't prevent them from from drafting one here. No, but if you do draft a Jack Campbell, then, you know, what does that week one look like? I know that's a big picture question, but Holcomb's going to start. He's going to be a three down guy. He's going to wear the green dot. So check that box off. You got Roberts, who, you know, probably is going to be getting playing time early and Robinson's going to be fighting for a role. So not quite sure how that room's going to, you know, shake out overall. And plus, uh, Holcomb's definitely going to be a starter now. Now that we know his deal, right? Uh, or, right. oh, at least we know the uh, the total value, average yearly value, three years, eighteen million. Woo! It's uh, that was that was more, a little more than what I, I I had his value at. Yeah, we'll have to see the structure of the deal. Like you mentioned, we don't know all the particulars, but I thought it might be a bit lower than that, just given some of the you know fairly friendly deals some of these off-ball guys were signing, TJ Edwards in Chicago, David Long in Miami. Um, but, you know, he's going to be an every-down guy. That's the vision, so you know, that's probably the price stack of a guy that you want to play like that. I think Edwards came in at, what, six and a half? Uh, TJ Edwards, six and a half million. Uh, let's see, Pratt resigned uh, i think it's 6.75 million who else just recently uh, what did david long get i think five and a half two years 11 i want to say miami uh, i don't know if they have that one in here yet they don't have then that one in here you got van der esch kaiser white i'm not sure van der esch is four guys. four okay. million but what, what did white get in arizona i don't think they've got that entered in yet no uh five million for kaiser white yeah, Holcomb being above those or around those is uh, not what I would have guessed overall. Um, but again, we'll have to see the structure of that. How easily can you get out of that deal after year one, after year two? You know, what's the structure of it? What's the guarantee? That that's what really matters. I I would think that, uh, and that's probably dangerous when when missing on the value there. Uh, that at least the uh, the you know there wouldn't be anything obviously probably guaranteed outside of year one for Holcomb. I wouldn't think. Sure. No, uh, I so I don't know, 7 million max, uh, in, 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 in for 2023, when you look at his, uh, signing bonus plus his, his base salary. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll oh, have hopefully to, it's, see. hopefully it's six, you know, but, uh, uh, it, it, it might be about seven probably. 
yeah, again, overall, I mean, I think the room got better. We'll see how it looks in totality. Um, I'm just kind of, and my terrible take for Friday is I am whelmed. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a bit better overall. Um, there's going to be some newness to it that may create some growing pains. I, w- I think, and again, I, I don't want to be too quick to, to, to critique here and because and, you have to see how, how the whole roster gets put together as you enter training camp. But what about defensive line? What about your nose tackle? You know, build this thing inside out. You got a good defensive line. Like if I was building a roster, I would just put together the best defensive line possible, get a bunch of, you know, cover guys as my linebackers because they're going to play the run well if the defensive line's freeing those guys up. So who's your nose tackle? Where's your D-line depth? If you do those things, that's kind of really going to be intertwined with how well Holcomb, Roberts, and that whole unit looks. Right. And, you know, all they've really done so far in that is just re-sign Ogan Joby to this point. Yeah, and they're going to do more. So I'm not, you know, trying to uh, call it here and say this is going to be the group. It certainly will not. But, you know, I would have loved an Andrew Billings for one year three and a half million uh, went to Chicago um, to get that big guy in the middle. that will help free those guys up. You're going to make your backers look a whole lot better. Right. So we'll have to see how the rest of this, they're, they're still likely to draw, you know, to obviously to draft a defensive lineman uh, sooner rather than later in this draft too. No, no yeah. matter what they do. And, you know, I, I would assume that their plan is to bring Wormley back later on, but he might not, he, he might even have to start the, the season on PUP even, you know, so it's, it's a big if come there. Uh, and no tackle. Is it going to be one Travis Adams or I, I'd hope to find I, someone else. I would think that they, that would be something they would be opposed to upgrading even at this point, but who's left at this point, you know? He's still got some guys. I mean, Ashawn Robinson is still out there. I mean, I night is not really a nose tackle um, or the draft, you know, a Keanu Benton, I think would be a, you know, great, great guy to get. So we'll have to see, but just things I'm thinking about, you know, trying to build this roster. You've been focusing so much on inside linebacker. You've been focusing less on, on the D line and you just wonder how that's going to play out. If I would have told you two weeks ago, this team was signing two inside linebackers and getting rid of, Miles Jack within the first 48 hours of the new league year. Well, what would you have told me? I mean, I didn't expect necessarily two. one. I, I was pretty believable. Um, you know, I'm just kind of going back to the, here we go again. We'll try this set of inside linebackers off the, off the street and see if they work better than the last five years and hope for the best. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? We got a restructure too. So we got yeah. a we got a, a deletion and a restructure with Minka Fitzpatrick. A restructure there, as you said, it was it was going to happen. It was a question of of when, not a question of if. And now uh, we know the when, and it was today. Yeah, free up a little hair over ten million dollars uh, with that restructure. And at some point, they're going to do T.J. Watt. It's just a matter of when when it comes to that. The fact that they the, both those didn't get put in at the same time would lead you to believe that the Watt one will come later uh, in the off season, but you know, something might crop up and find a deal out there. So somewhere that you just can't live without, maybe, maybe you do do what uh, now. So uh, the fact that both those didn't come in at the same time, uh, at least would lead me to believe that, that maybe the Watt one will be later on in the off season. How much would that free up? I know it can vary, but if they wanted to take it to whatever they took it to Fitzpatrick, the max or 90%, what number would that be on what? Uh, 12.613333. Okay. Gotcha. So, All right. Yeah, and, that's going to happen. Everybody, everybody wants to know where, what, what's the cap situation right now? I'd love to be able to tell everybody exactly right now. And I can't because there's still deals out there that we don't know the exact numbers on. You know, I've got some roundabout stuff on a few of them, but there has been absolutely nothing on the Casey uh, uh, deal uh, to even kind of work with there. And just pretty much guessing on the Holcomb deal and no, absolutely nothing about the Roberts deal other than it's two years, right? Right. And Ogunjobi, we don't know the details on that, correct? Right. Besides but, overall but, number. Yeah, but uh, we, we've got enough where I can I can probably okay. get a little close on that. Like I told everybody last night, it's probably around a four and a half million dollar cap number somewhere there about. That one's bound to look very similar to that Chiquama, uh core four contract. But there's still so many variables missing right now on these other deals that we just don't 
don't know. And uh, you know, the only the only the only details that we do have are the Patrick Peterson uh, numbers and the Nate Herbig numbers right now. That's those are the only two that that we know the for sure numbers on right now. And obviously, we we know what the uh, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, restructure mm. was. And we know that Peterson and Herbig are a delight to listen to. I thought both guys were a lot of fun in their press conferences today, being introduced as Steelers. Peterson is that you know veteran guy that's super intelligent, just super wise, and Herbig is just a funny dude that I'm going to enjoy listening to at every point this year. Absolutely, uh, uh, and we'll take the, the 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 latter one there with uh, with him, with him first with Nate and he was entertaining and probably not going to have the microphone stuck in his face too terribly much uh, his first season in Pittsburgh, but it should be fun whenever that uh, does happen. Uh, here's my takeaway. He loves football. <laughs> uh, how many times did he say, I love football during, uh, during his press conference. And, uh, additionally, you know, oh, loves the old school smash mouth and all that stuff. And he says, as you can see, I'm built for it. Happy to be here. Uh, sound very, very excited, uh, to, to be reunited with, with, with Andy Weidel, who he called the goat, uh, and, uh, just praised Mike Tomlin. Just really was uh, uh, very pleased that even you know Kenny Pickett reached out and and and, and already texted him or talked to him and all like that. Uh, he kept his answers real, real short. There's uh, you, you know where he stands. And my you know the more he talked, uh, the more I, I I came away with feeling like man, this guy doesn't need to be wound up at all. You just you just put him on the field and point him in the right direction and let him do his thing and pads, no pads, whatever, uh, he'll do it. He had the interesting, you know, he was asked, are you, you know, left or right guard or whatever? And he said, I'll punt if they, <laughs> if, 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 you know, if that's what they need me to do. And that's exactly the kind of answer that you want, you know, I, 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 out of, out of a guy like that. So, uh, he seems excited. I don't think we learned to, oh, he wants his brother, Nick Herbig, uh, drafted. Uh, we, we, we learned that that's not uh too surprising either there and what else uh did we learn about him i went to the same high school as uh tyson Otawalu, right yeah hawaii kid i didn't know that he's got that laid back kind of hawaiian attitude it's it's funny to, to hear him talk and kind of be just happy go lucky and be a hawaii native and then you watch the tape and he's, he's one of those light switch guys get on the field and think that that demeanor that personality totally changes but yeah, he puts the big in her big. I mean, he is an absolute unit. And uh, it was just funny. Somebody asked him the question, you know, what do you like better, run blocking or pass blocking without missing a beat? He said, run blocking, keep your quarterback clean. He doesn't get hit. And so, yeah, he's going to fit the style and identity, what they're trying to build offensively in Pittsburgh. He's got it. I mean, for 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 the time he's spent in the league already, he's got a nice innocence to him, you know? Yeah, until the ball snapped, and now he's going to go right. kick your button and push you in the ground. Right. Uh, he, just, he just wants to strap it up and go, you know, yeah. that, that, that's a, you know, uh, that that's the demeanor that he has kind of a no nonsense guy, but I, I, I enjoyed kind of his innocence. He was asked about David DeCastro and, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, watched him, you know, uh, play for the Steelers when he was, or when, when Nate was back at, uh, Stanford and all, and knows all about him, doesn't know David DeCastro, uh, pers personally, but, uh, uh, definitely, definitely knows who David DeCastro is. And we also know what number Patrick Peterson will wear. It's number 20, obviously couldn't get number seven that was spoken for, but he'll wear 20. And that seems to be heavily influenced by, by his cousin, Brian McFadden, who of course wore number 20. Uh, whenever he was a Steelers. So Cam Sutton just wore it, and now it's going to go to Patrick Peterson. And I would imagine Herb, I, I won't, don't be surprised if Herbig wears number 66. I'm really going out on a limb there. <laughs> yes, you are. So, uh, yeah, good interviews by by both those guys. Uh, some other news here, Dave. Well, what did you think about Peterson and mm -hmm. asking about the, you know, the, the, the coverage aspect? Yeah, he talked about some of the versatility. It was an interesting comment there because he said he wanted to be able to do more and move around more in Minnesota, and he really didn't oblige. And so could he do some of that free safety stuff? And I feel like as that speed starts to go, you always have that conversation about quarterbacks, should they transition to free safety? So, you know, maybe he could try to do some of the, the post-snap rotation, some of the cover two invert stuff that uh, Pittsburgh was doing pretty heavily on third down last year. Um, but obviously he's still getting paid to be an outside corner. So we'll see how it looks, but he's open to... To moving around, and again, he's that you know zone type, losing some speed, but has good ball skills, a really good processor. So 
um, I think he would actually kind of play well in that safety role. Right. So uh, definitely, definitely open to that and excited to, you know, see how they, how they ultimately use him. Among the flurry of news on Thursday morning, a uh, very kind of early speculative report from Josina Anderson, but worth noting that she talked about how Pittsburgh has some preliminary interest in uh, now free agent, Bud Dupree, outside linebacker, formerly of the Steelers, officially released by the Titans. And so uh, the note from Anderson was they needed to make sure he's healthy, that knee is all good and everything's good to go. But we've talked about that for a little bit, a uh, little bit now, Dave, we knew that Dupree was going to get released. And so, uh, he's going to be on Pittsburgh's radar. You know, the age, the the health is going to be the concern, but obviously you could see him coming back to Pittsburgh if the money's right and the health is right. Yeah, look, and especially with them going ahead and opening up, a, you know, a tad bit more cap space now with the Minka uh, deal. And, you know, we'll obviously have to see what these other deals come in and all like that. Uh, it's it's not unthinkable. And listen, Josina Anderson uh, she's, she's pretty good. She's pretty connected to a lot of players. And if memory serves me, she's got a really pretty good, you know, uh, relationship with, with, with Bud Dupree. So, uh, I bet that, 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 you know, little birdie's been talking to her a little bit. So, uh, it might, Hey, here's the thing, Bud Bud would probably be smart here for at least the next couple of days, just to get a good, good look at what's, what's out there on the market, you know, sure. uh, for him. But uh, at this point, yeah, it wouldn't be would be too shocking at all if he lands lands back in Pittsburgh. I mean, I would think that if it does happen, it would be a two, you know, like a two year deal or three year deal or something like that, uh, especially if he's wanting, say, more than four million. Right. You know, uh, but it's not unthinkable at this point with all that's happened. Yeah, I would say given the age, given the injuries, two-year deal is probably the smart play there. You know, versatile, can play either side, plays to run hard, knows the system. I mean, you know, the, the connections here are obvious. Um, putting that aside, though, I know we're, we're still in this first week here, Dave, but what are your just overall impressions on what Pittsburgh has done this first week of free agency? Are you happy with it? Are you upset about it? I mean, we're, we're just kind of the general feel right now. We got some Demonte Casey numbers. Hey, it's, we, we, when we do the podcast, we get, I know. we get to do this podcast a lot more, but uh, go ahead and read them off, Dave. Okay, from Aaron Wilson on Twitter, Casey signed for two years, $6 million with a $1.75 million signing bonus and base salaries in 2023 and 2024 of $1.25 million and $3 million respect. That uh, puts his cap hit uh, for 2023 at 2.125 million, and his uh, 2024 cap hit at 3.875 million. That's a clean split of that two-year six million dollar uh, deal. He'll earn three million in 2023. And another three million in 2024. So good job getting him back. Uh, that's 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 a that's a good price on him. Oh yeah, no complaints about the deal there. Two years, six million. I've kind of kicked that around with Edmonds. Now with Casey, solid, solid. So I'm happy with that. Uh, I am too. And thank you, Aaron Wilson, for getting those numbers out. Now get us the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> please and thank you. Yeah. Please uh, the- and thank you. The question I was asking before a pause there was just your overall thoughts on this first week of free agency, your feelings, you're happy with it, you're not, just kind of where are you sitting today? Well, look, uh, it, it, it definitely didn't go like I thought it would go, and that's not good or bad. Uh, kudos to them once again for, for making the decision and, and ripping the Band-Aid off and at least trying to do something at the uh, inside linebacker position there. Uh, Peterson, yeah, I, 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 you know, if you probably had your druthers and probably most people listening probably would have liked to see Cameron Sutton re-sign and e- e- even at that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They had, we talked the, you know, the other night about Ogan Joby, they had to do something there and, and they basically got painted into a, you know, I don't hate the move uh, right. of, of Ogan Joby. It's just, it's, it's not at the price that I thought it would be. And as we said, if he's more consistent, you know, overall, then, then, then fine, you know, cause you're going to draft a guy and you're, you're going to start looking to get younger at the, at that position overall. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not nobody. I'm not planning a parade yet. Yeah, I think, you know, overall, I'm a little, you know, it's not bad. I'm just kind of, eh, you know, it's been OK. I think, you know, Ogunjobi, I'm, I'm fine with. I know again, the money's a little bit high. There's some risk there, but I'm not going to complain too much. I get why they did it. You know, draft some guys, get get some youth that I'm good overall. Herbig, I like. I think Herbig's a good signing. I think it gels with the identity they're trying to build offensively. So I'm I'm really happy with that overall. The money's really good. Getting Casey back is important when you lose Sutton. I would have definitely given Sutton uh, the money instead of giving Peterson seven million. I think you're seeing a downgrade there. Losing speed in that secondary. I think you got some concerns there right now. Inside linebacker, like I said, I think got better, but you know how much better? Appreciably, uh, appreciably better. Eh. I don't really think so. So again, long-term view, got to see how this whole roster comes together. Rest of free agency, the draft, obviously, anything else that may come about. They got a bunch of draft picks to, to work with, but I'm just kind of going, eh, I guess it's okay, but nothing I'm getting too excited about. And look, they, they got Casey back and uh, at a good price, and they needed to, you know, if possible, get him back uh, at a good price. So th- there's that. And we're still only 48 hours, not even 48 hours into free agency. We'll have to see what happens with Dupree. We'll have to see how many of these other guys uh, of their own, maybe that they can get re-signed here to kind of, you know, help, help shape out the, the bottom end of the roster here, because uh, here's the thing. They've got uh, what 58 players under contract now. I, th- or no, let's see. I don't have those new guys, uh, new guys in there. So they're just a hair over 60 uh, players under contract right now. And you got to get to 90, right? Right. And how, how many of those are going to be? I mean, t- probably a good 10 of those are going to be undrafted. Uh, another, what, uh, seven to eight draft picks, right? Right. So what's that take us up to? That's add 17 on to, what's the number, 61, 62? That puts it at, what, 80? Uh, yeah, right around there, I guess. So yeah, you get a bunch of open roster spots. It could be more undrafted guys. It kind of just depends what your roster is right. looking at, you know, on, on draft weekend. Right. And you know, there, there, there's, there's probably going to be a couple of these, their own unrestricted guys come back on, on, uh, sure. uh, uh, veteran benefit deals, uh, or, or cheap deals sort of like Casey and, you know, maybe one or two more outside free agents, I would think. Wonder what's the play at strong safety? Is there really going to be Casey? Are they going to try to bring Edmonds back? I mean, how does that work? What's that contract look like? It'd have to be more than Casey, you would think, if you're going to bring Edmonds to start over Casey at strong safety. So I'm watching that. I'm watching defensive line uh, kind of really closely right now. I wonder I wonder if uh, at safety they try to offer the same deal to uh, Edmonds. Yeah, but you're going to say, Edmonds, you're our starter. You're going to play 1,000 snaps. Casey, your sub-package guy, the same amount of money. I don't know if that's going to go over too well for the Edmonds camp. Uh, what's the market out there for him? Yeah, <laughs> I guess that. I mean, it, it, It's still early, though. But Sure, uh, he may be sitting there. Could have, you know, they gave him an offer early last year. He kind of sat and waited his options out. So, you know, we'll just have to, to wait and see. All right. I would like to think uh, you know, a lot, probably a, a, you know, a good two more names than I thought they would have on board at this point, you know? Right. Yeah. Obviously, when you lose Sutton, which was unexpected, you lose Spillane, which you kind of thought he was going to come back. So that kind of where you get the extra name. So I mean, you just don't want to get too old defensively. I know you got some draft picks. You're going to bring in some youth, but you're getting a little bit older defensively. You want to have some speed, some athleticism, some fresher legs. So I'm just kind of, you know, you're trending a little bit towards the the older direction of things. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, got some pro day updates for us. Eagle eye. <laughs> we do. We got a pretty notable one. What's that? <laughs> you are funny to watch on that thing, man. And, and uh, I, I give it my all. And I, I, I enjoy the Easter egg hunt uh, very, very much. But uh, I do not enjoy it as much as you do. I guess I get mad sometimes. It's not even about like, I just want to find the guy just to right. play where's Waldo. So I could just stop looking, you know, otherwise you're just, I'm still mad about like South Carolina, Illinois. I'm still like going back. Is there something new out there that I missed? But anyway, uh, big news of the day from the pro day. Uh, no Tomlin. Uh, they, they might go to Michigan tomorrow. We'll keep your eye on, on Michigan with Tomlin and Con. But today it's Aaron Curry, positional coach, making a stop at Tulane University to put eyes on Dorian Williams, who had a nice senior bowl week, had a really good combine workout overall. And so that's, Going to be one of those names to think about because we know there's a pretty good correlation between positional coach pro days and the second round picks and on when it comes to who the Steelers select. 
That is a very, very important find today, in my opinion. I have kind of, you know, I, I learned my lesson next, last year. And look, we've, we, we've always known to pay attention to that stuff. But sometimes you just choose to ignore the facts, right? Right. You, you just, you, you choose to look at it, know you should look at it, and you're still going up the, the other way on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and not, not only that, Curry put him through the workout, too. So that that's extra value there. And that's a guy that you need to pay close attention to. And I think uh, who did the profile on him? Jonathan. Jonathan did. So that's up on the site there. So I have not gone deep into his tape yet other than uh, looking over what, what Jonathan did on it. I will be making that will be on my to-do list you know, as soon as we start slowing down here from uh, free agency. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some size a little bit later at about 228. He ran really well. I think he ran a 449 at the combine. He had a good senior bowl week the first two days. Looked good on and, and backs on backers. Good athlete. I think a pretty physical dude overall. And so um, kind of viewed as a as a day three guy. I'm probably thinking maybe fourth round that combine workout should should help him a bit when it comes to some of the analytics, some of the metrics on on his overall testing. Another guy, too. I didn't. What even, was his uh, RAS? Do you have it offhand? I can check. It was probably pretty high when you run on the four fours for a, a linebacker, probably grading out pretty well. The size isn't ideal. Maybe, maybe got dinged there a bit, but he's not, he's not tiny, just maybe a little bit on, on the lighter side, which is the way this thing always kind of goes in the NFL today, the college system. Let me check the RAS score. Right. 8.75. Okay. Not bad. Pr- pretty good there. Uh, so yeah, definitely a name to watch. Also, apparently another linebacker, uh, kind of an unknown type of guy. Nick Anderson, I think, had a really good workout. Ran four or five, uh, timed well, jumped well. So uh, maybe maybe an undrafted type there, but uh, watch out for Nick Anderson. All right. And then the other scouts, nothing else. Incredibly notable, some area scouts out west. Calvin Fisher was at Arizona's Pro Day today. Oh, I'm trying to think about what else I saw. Mike Butler was at Army for the big edge there. Andre Carter. And Tozin Kazim was at Buffalo. They really don't have a lot of prospects. There's a CFL quarterback that was throwing, so want to make a note of that. But uh, Kazim's uh, from the Buffalo area, I think, and so it just kind of made sense for him to go. All right. Uh, have we tackled everything? Uh, yeah, I think so. We'll see what moves come. What, what might come next? It's kind of now we're kind of in the we don't really know what could happen time of the year. Yeah, uh, it bears watching, obviously, on the Bud Dupree thing. At this right. point, Some resignings, uh, a gentry, something like that, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of their own at 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 at, at lower level type stuff. Uh, uh, what are they gonna do at backup tackle right now, Alex? Yeah, they got to do something. I think you don't want to go into the draft with or even literally a starting nothing. tackle. You know. Yeah, I don't know if there's a starting tackle left at that level. I don't know the names out there, but I think most of those guys, those offensive linemen, tend to go pretty quick. So. You know, Cam Irving, Chris Hubbard, some some type like that with some versatility, some experience would make sense. But now we're just kind of in wait and see mode. And what are they going to do at uh, backup center at this point? Yeah, the tenders. Any of those guys come back? Pierre, Sims, Hassenauer. Uh The O line depth is still. You know, they got some depth there at guard now that Herbig's in, and you got you know him or him or, or uh, Kevin Dotson. But you know, there's still some some depth questions overall. All right. So uh, I think the, at least for the most part, the meat, the meat of it's over with here. And once again, you know, with the restructured, like, like I said, last night, we could wake up in the morning and a restructure be done. Uh, But I kind of would have thought they would have done both those at the same time, but there's no, no law against it. Uh, We do have coming up at the, on Friday, uh, I think it's Friday and Sunday, isn't it? The uh, the three and five day roster bonuses uh, that are due for 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 a handful of these guys that I wrote about. Okay, yeah, that's what a core for. Who yeah, else is doing? Let me let me pull them up here real real quick. Yeah, I know that he's uh, the big one. I mean, I imagine they're not going to cut anybody else. I imagine that Witherspoon, I guess, is ultimately going to be safe for now. And obviously, when you get to you know training camp cutdowns different story but i imagine that jack and uh, william jackson are the two cap casualties all right tomorrow uh deontay johnson and chris boswell uh have roster bonuses due and then on 
Sunday would be Chiquama Corfor and Mason Cole. They're both going to get those. Okay. So I would, yeah, I would be surprised if, if any of those four are deleted. Yep. Me as well. So we'll come back, I guess, on what Monday and talk about whatever else has happened or if something, you know, big happens in the meantime, then we'll do another midnight podcast. All right. That sounds like a plan. I uh, enjoy it. Uh, I have enjoyed these and is this the first time that we've done these many in a row row? These, these emergency ones during the first part of free agency. I can't remember back last year. I think we were pretty busy with everything that came in that first week. I can't remember exactly what we did, but you know, Daniels, Cole, Trubisky that first week. So that was, that was pretty eventful. All right, I have to go write a contract post now. So uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, go to SteelersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad-free version of the site, go to SteelersDepot.com. Hit the ad-free button up right navigational bar. If you look in that navigational bar too, under the draft uh, portion there, we have links to uh, the pro day tracker, the, uh, the combine, uh, 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 numbers for easy access. We've gotten that taken care of as well for everybody as well, too. So until the next time, we don't know if that might be 24 hours from now, or might be uh, Monday morning, but, uh, as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex. It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $389 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease to Chrysler Capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark.